Good morning, everybody. Happy Tuesday to you. It is 10 o'clock, and uh, I'm Tim Harris. That means it's time for 10 with Tim. Uh, I know it sounds corny, uh, but uh, uh, gosh, I love this time with you. We we just get together uh, 10 o'clock, Monday through Friday, Facebook, uh, YouTube. Uh, you can find the podcast on Spotify or anywhere else you find audio podcast. Um, we just do this to go verse by verse through the Word of God and to uh, have some friendship uh, along the way as we do it together. And I love I love reading the Bible with you, so I appreciate your sacrifices to, uh, to, to make sure that we're able to do this together. So thanks. I know some of you join me live. Most of you don't, and that's okay. I, I, I get that, but some of you do. And, uh, and man, you guys are special. I appreciate the fact that you stop what you're doing in the, in the middle of the morning and, uh, and, and make uh, studying God's Word a priority. So uh, you're, you're my kind of people. I love you all so much. Uh, God bless you. Uh, Acts chapter 9, verses 32 to 43. Uh, when last we were together, uh, Paul was rushed out of Jerusalem because the Jews wanted to kill him. They put him on a ship uh, to, to go to Tarsus, his hometown. And, uh, and that begins the 10 years of silence. So Paul's going to kind of be absent for just a little while, which lets us go back and check in on Peter, which is what Luke does here in the book of Acts. We go back to, to Peter. Now, it kind of gets lost. And honestly, I haven't really paid that much attention until reading it with you. Uh, but this time around, I'm really kind of noticing how Peter, last time we saw him, you know, he was, you know, in Samaria. Remember the story of uh, Simon the Magnificent last week? Uh, Peter was in Samaria, which means, you know, remember Jesus said, you'll be my witnesses in Jer Jerusalem, you know, in Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. So uh, just kind of watching now. Peter was in Samaria. Now we're going to pick up with him here in these two coastal towns, Lydda and Joppa. Uh, this is the, the, the Judean ministry. Uh, and then uh, uh, and tomorrow we'll pick up with where Peter you know, shares the gospel with Cornelius, a Gentile, so uttermost parts of the earth. But just notice how even Peter in his preaching tour, it says he's going from place to place now. In his preaching tour, he is fulfilling this commission to go you know, beyond Jerusalem and, and ultimately to reach the Gentiles at the uttermost parts of the earth. But anyway, I just love it. So Peter. Peter goes to a town to visit the believers in the town of Lydda. Now, what we're going to have here are two sort of healing miracles, which are just really neat. I love these stories. Uh, they have just a couple of things in common, both stories. Uh, both, in both cases, the person who is healed is, has a name. That's not that common in Scripture. It's usually just the lame man, the blind lady, you know, whatever. But here it's, you know, Aeneas. Uh, 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 and uh, Tabitha or Dorcas, Aeneas and Dorcas, um, probably the fact that they're named uh, is just indicative of the fact that they are in the church and for that reason known and loved in the Christian community. So uh, there is that familiarity perhaps with these who were early Christians. I don't know, but, but again, often if those names are there, they were known in the early church. So Aeneas, uh, the scripture says, uh, he's been bedridden for eight years. That's a New Living Translation. I think most translations probably take it that way. Aeneas, it's possible by the Greek here, he could have been bedridden since he was eight years old. Uh, it just sort of puts together the idea that he's been bedridden, uh, paralyzed uh, in, in eight years. So it's hard to know if he's eight years old or he's you know only been here eight years, but it, it really doesn't matter so much. Uh, he is completely paralyzed, bedridden. And Peter comes up to him and just says, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. It's one of those 
sort of, it, it's not unprecedented in scripture, but it's also not that common that someone is healed that didn't seem to ask for it. I don't know that Aeneas has even asked for this, but Peter comes up and says, Jesus heals you, or Jesus has healed you. Notice that the power comes from Jesus, that healing word, uh, that authority is Jesus' healing, Jesus' authority. And in that sense, as we've been saying in the book of Acts, Peter is just continuing, just continuing the work of Jesus. This seems a lot like one of the healing stories uh, from Jesus's ministry. It's just Jesus's work now continuing in the lives of the disciples. He was healed instantly, uh, healed instantly. Uh, also that get up and roll up your sleeping mat. You know, Jesus would frequently say, you know, take up your bed and go home, that, that sort of thing. In this instance, uh, the Greek is interesting. Um, it, it's sort of like um, prepare your couch, something like that, or um, uh, uh, spread for yourself. Uh, remember that they didn't really have dining room tables back in those days, so often they would eat by reclining on a mat or a couch. So it's possible here that what Peter says is, hey, you know, get up and now take care of yourself. You know, spread yourself, spread for yourself, which may mean to, you know, seek further sustenance. It may have something to do with, you know, providing for himself his own meal, but it, it may have something to do with the fact that he's expecting now to get up and take care of himself. But, but, but make no mistake, the implication there is total healing. He's no longer paralyzed, completely healed, now able to strengthen himself further and care for himself, no longer an invalid. The whole population of Lydda and Sharon saw Aeneas walking around and they turned to the Lord. You know, So other people come to faith in Jesus because of that power of Jesus seen in the healing of Aeneas. Now, the next story I love so much. I really, really do. Verse 36 uh, I know that New Living Translation says there was a believer. Uh, it's not fair. It's not fair to call her a believer because she's clearly uh, in 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 Luke's uh, in Luke's writing here. She's clearly called a disciple, and and don't take that away from her. Maybe you don't like the idea that there were female disciples, but you don't get to argue with the Bible. She's called a disciple. Now that doesn't mean that she's one of the twelve. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying. All through scripture, there is no secret to the fact that women followed too, you know. They followed Jesus, and now they continue to follow Jesus. And Dorcas, uh, Dorcas is her Greek name. Tabitha is her Aramaic name. They both just mean gazelle. So whichever name. Tabitha, Dorcas, she's a disciple. She's got the same title, the same uh, responsibility to follow Jesus as anybody else, you know. So here she is, a disciple. Uh, she's an ordinary disciple. Uh, let, let's just say that. Um, up to this point, we never heard of her. You know, her story's never been told. And for that matter, Joppa, you know, is a town nobody's ever been to. Uh, but I think it's really interesting. This is a woman who just, uh, she was always doing kind things for others and helping the poor. You know, she's just one of those, you know, church ladies who just does all she can. I mean, she just did everything she could, you, you know? But I, I, what just is amazing to me is, okay, back up. Stephen died, and the scripture says, man, that was terrible. Stephen died, and they buried him, you know, with heavy hearts. In a couple of chapters, you know, King Herod's going to kill James. You know, the son of Zebedee going to kill James with a sword. And the church, man, they're going to mourn him. They're going to bury him, okay? 
So we got, you know, other instances of disciples, you know, who died, but I'm telling you, when Dorcas dies, like they lose their minds. They're like, okay, somebody got to bring her back. <laughs> you know what I mean? But as a pastor here, I'm telling you, I, I don't mean to say anything. I'm not disparaging our men. Our guys are awesome. But I'm telling you, we got women in this church. Like we could probably get along with most any of the men, including me, you know, but if, but if Joy Bush dies, you know, we're going to have to bring her back. You know, if Marie Smalling dies, you know, and, and again, I, I am being completely serious. I mean, just notice how this freak out when this ordinary woman dies because they realize I'm not sure that we can live with that. I'm not sure the church survives without Dorcas, you know, uh, so Make what you want of calling her a disciple, but I'm telling you, I've been in churches long enough to know that that I'm, you know, we can sometimes do without the men, but man, you cannot do without, you know, what what the women provide. And in this case, it seems like if you read First uh, Timothy, for example, it seems like in Paul's churches, the churches he organizes, there's this sort of. Um, Widow's ministry. You know, we saw it already in Acts chapter 6 where there's a big number of widows that have to be cared for. So it seems like in, in the churches that Paul will structure later, not yet, of course, but later, um, there'll be like senior widows, like widows who are sort of in charge of ministering to other widows. And it seems like Dorcas, again, she's not, the church isn't that well-developed yet, but it seems like Dorcas is an early version of that. There are all of these other widows who depend upon her. And so when she is gone, there literally is this group of women who probably can't, can't live without her. They're dependent upon her. And so for that reason, and they, they send for Peter. Now he's close by if you, if you would consider probably a three-hour walk one way close by. So they send out two people. They, they, they walk three hours to get Peter to bring Peter back for three hours. And so six hours later, Peter uh, goes up to the room where they have washed her. They prepared her for burial, but they didn't bury her. They're really hoping now that they can bring her back. Um, I've explained to you before, this isn't a resurrection. It's a resuscitation to be technical. I say that because she's going to die again. It's not resurrection like when Jesus comes back in a glorified body, you know. It's a resuscitation. She comes back from the dead, but but uh, it's not an ultimate resurrection. Uh, Peter says, get up, Tabitha. He calls her by her Aramaic name. She opens her eyes. She sits up, and then uh, Peter gives her back to the saints there. It's interesting. As I said, these two stories have these things in common, and one of the things they have in common is in both of these instances, the believers, the church, they're called the saints, and that's kind of rare in the book of Acts. But, uh, but here they're called saints, and, and, and I love that. Also, that word rise occurs in both of those healings. Uh, so uh, anyway, Luke has sort of uh, used a couple of themes in order to weave these two stories together. Um, uh, guys, like I say, she's an ordinary woman in a town nobody's ever been to, but, uh, man, she did all she could, and uh, turns out uh, she's a very important disciple. You know, so let that be a lesson to you. Uh, you and I may be people whose stories never get told and nobody really knows our name. And we may be in a town like Woodburn that nobody's ever been to. But 
that doesn't mean that we don't follow Christ in very significant ways. And uh, if you don't believe me, uh, then you need to go back and read the story of Dorcas. You know, ordinary disciple uh, who it turns out was extraordinary, you know, for the people who knew and loved her. Pick up right there with me tomorrow, chapter 10. It's amazing. We're leaving Peter now, still in Joppa, you know, hanging out by the sea, and uh, he is going to have an amazing encounter tomorrow with a man named Cornelius. Uh, we are going to go all the way through chapter 10 tomorrow, so verses 1 to 48, okay? I went over today. I can't promise I'll ever give you two minutes back, but I stole two minutes from today. It's, it's 12, uh, 12 with Tim today. But, uh, but anyway, I love you so much. Thanks for your patience, and thanks for being in the Word of God with me. I'll see you tomorrow in chapter 10 uh, at 10 o'clock for 10 with Tim. I love you all. Have a great Tuesday.